This is the Sterling Vineyard Sundays podcast. We are a church passionate about encountering Jesus and sharing his love with our city. To find out more about who we are, visit our website at sterlingvineyard.co.uk. part of our service now which I'm really excited about we're going to invite Fiona uh, to come and bring God's word all around being filled with the spirit so brilliant I'll give you a wee moment to to get organized and get set up um you look like you're there Brilliant. So God, we pray for Fiona this morning. We thank you for the word that she has prepared. Lord, would you just give us hearts and ears to hear what you want to say, what you want to speak to us, what you want to stir in us. God, I just pray that we would leave here today changed because of what Fiona has to share with us. Um, I just pray for boldness to respond to anything that you're prompting us and stirring in our hearts today. Um, So we just invite you to speak freely, Lord, through Fiona this morning. Amen. Amen. Um, Yeah, so good morning. Um, My name is Fiona, or sometimes known as part of Ali and Fee. (laughs) Um, So I'm continuing our Come Holy Spirit series today uh, by considering what it is to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And the heart, um, as Hannah talked about a few weeks ago, behind the series on the Holy Spirit is to lead people into a deeper understanding of the nature, the power, and the person of the Holy Spirit. And so far we've considered who is the Holy Spirit, uh, what it is to be transformed by the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit as our helper, and last week Ali t- uh, looked at the fruit of the Spirit and what it means to walk in step with the Spirit. So we're going to kick things off by reading Ephesians 5, if you've got your Bibles or smartphones. Um, so Ephesians 5, uh, verses 15 to 21, and I think, it, yep, it's already there, well done. <laughs> um, so it says... So be careful how you live. Don't live like fools, but like those who are wise. Make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. Don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. Don't be drunk with wine, because that will ruin your life. Instead, be filled with Holy Spirit, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs among yourselves and making music to the Lord in your hearts. And give thanks for everything to God, the Father, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. And further, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Amen. If we consider the book as a whole, just for a minute, Paul wrote this letter to the believers in Ephesus, not to counteract any heresy or to confront any specific problem, but as a letter of encouragement. In it, Paul describes the nature and the appearance of the, of the church, and he challenges believers to function as the living body of Christ on earth. When we get to about chapter 4, he turns his attention to the implications of being in the body of Christ, outlining that believers should have unity in their commitment to Christ and their use of spiritual gifts. They should have the highest moral standards. And for the individual, this means rejecting pagan practices. And for the family, this means submission and love. And the great thing about scripture, and Ephesians in particular, is that it doesn't tell us how to be without first telling us who God is, what he's like, and how he's inviting you to a transformed life. The kind of person that listens to God over culture to become more like Jesus. So today, uh, we're going to explore what it is to be filled with the Spirit. 
And I love that um, I read the, the New Living Translation, and the title of today's passage is Living by the Spirit's Power. And Hannah introduced the Holy Spirit as a person, a helper. The Holy Spirit is God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit was present right there in the beginning in Genesis. So the Spirit is all-knowing, omnipotent, the power of God. In John 14, verses 15 to 17, Jesus promises the Holy Spirit. He says, if you love me, obey my commandments, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate who will never leave you. He's a Holy Spirit who leads into all truth. The world cannot receive him because it isn't looking for him and doesn't recognize him. But you know him because he lives with you now and later will be in you. That just made me think. Sorry, I was just uh, thinking out loud. Um, so Cooper has been learning a lot in Kids Church. So thank you so much to the leaders who have been taking him through some stories. And uh, this isn't a manuscript, by the way. Um, and last week he... Um, was just telling us in the car the whole way to lunch about the story that he'd been doing. I think Ruth was where Ruth is. <laughs> it was uh, when Jesus was out in the boat with his friends in the storm. And uh, Cooper just like, turns to us and says, so where is God? And uh, my first thought was, well, God is in heaven. And I was like, oh, wait, no, no, God is everywhere. God is in us. God lives through us. And Cooper was like, oh, so is God in my bedroom? And we were like, well, yeah. He said, like, is God in your room? Yeah is God in the house? I was like, yeah, God is everywhere. Um, so that verse there, you know, God lives with us and God is in us. And in Ephesians 1, 13 to 14, it says, and when you believed in Christ, he identified you as his own by giving you the Holy Spirit, whom he promised long ago. The Spirit is God's guarantee that he will give us the inheritance he promised and that he's purchased us to be his own people. He did this so we would praise and glorify him. Last week, Ali took us through Galatians 5, 16 to 26, which challenges, challenges us to let the Holy Spirit guide our lives. And in Galatians, it says to walk in step with the Spirit and there we'll find life. Verses 20, uh, verse 22, the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. And so for me, this raises the question, I have access to all of the Holy Spirit, but does the Holy Spirit have access to all of me? I have all the Holy Spirit, but does the Holy Spirit have all of me through my surrendered life? And this is Paul's concern as he addresses the believers in the church of Ephesus. And it's just as important for us today. In the first few verses of our passage, we see a call for wisdom, a call for urgency, to be careful how we live. Not like fools, but like those who are wise, making the most of the time and understanding what the will of the Lord is. Paul continues in verse 18, don't be drunk with wine because that will ruin your life. Instead, be filled with the Spirit, the Holy Spirit. So what is it to be filled with the Spirit? The simple definition is this, a follower of Jesus empowered to live the life God intended for them by submitting to the presence, power and purpose of the Holy Spirit in their lives. 
In verse 18, the words that Paul used was not random. It wasn't an accident. Uh, when a person is drunk with wine, they're, they're controlled by and influenced by that wine. And the reason why Paul used drunk with wine as a contrast with being filled with the Spirit, it's debated. It's kind of one of those verses that causes a few people to be like, "Mm." Um, it may be a command directed against misconduct similar to the drunkenness taking place in Corinth. Others view Paul as saying that drunkenness is part of the old lifestyle, is no solution to the cares and the worries of this life, and that only the Spirit can enable the person to live in these days. Or more likely, however, Paul is drawing a contrast between foolishness and wisdom. The contrast is not between the wine and the spirit, but between the state of being drunk, which leads to debauchery, and the state of being full of the spirit, which leads to joy and obedience. Both involve bringing oneself under the influence of a controlling factor. In other words, to be filled with something is to be controlled by that thing. When we say someone is filled with wine, they were controlled by wine. When we say someone was filled with anger, we mean they were controlled by anger. So in the same way, to be filled with the Spirit means to be controlled by God's Holy Spirit. What we see here is a battle for control between flesh and spirit. Now, I live with a three-year-old. So I know all about the battle for control. And many of you even witnessed it live a few weeks ago. And we often joke with Cooper, are you being a bossy boots? And in most cases, his outbursts are developmentally normal toddler behaviour. But if you've ever been caught in the crossfire of a full-blown, completely irrational, red-faced, screaming child, you just want the ground to swallow you up. Your body goes into fight or flight mode, um, and you might even find yourself losing control too. I'm in no way a perfect parent, and as much as I try to stay calm and help him regulate his emotions, you know, I've also had moments myself of feeling out of control, of feeling that anger and rage. And sometimes that's quite hard to shake off as well. But surrendering is everything in the Christian life. As we surrender, as we lay it down before the Lord, we say, not my strength, but yours. In verse 18, it talks about being drunk with wine and under the control of alcohol. Drunkenness leads to a lack of clarity, a lack of wisdom, a lack of urgency for anything fruitful. Anger, fear, anxiety, pride. Whatever is filling you will eventually control you. So what is filling you? I'll put my hand up right now and say that in the last year, I've, I've struggled with kind of um, bursts of internal rage, you know, a mixture of postpartum hormones, busy schedules, increased stress has led me to a place of not quite feeling in control of my emotions. And when I don't feel in control, I'm not producing fruit. I don't feel joy. <laughs> I find it difficult to be patient. I maybe distance myself from a loving husband and a loving father in heaven. But we are called to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Paul is saying to be filled with the Spirit is to allow him to have complete control. It's not a one-off. In fact, various Greek scholars and Bible commentators point out that the Greek present imperative tense is used in this verse. 
It's the connotation of a continuous replenishment, an ongoing state of being filled. And it's not that we don't already have the Spirit. As mentioned earlier in Ephesians, we already get the promised Holy Spirit the moment we believe. We don't get more of the Spirit later. The distinction between the two verses in Ephesians is that when believers are filled with the Spirit, they don't get more of the Spirit, the Spirit gets more of them. I have all of the Holy Spirit, but does the Holy Spirit have all of me? To be filled with the Spirit is where we'll find the blessing, the joy, and the reason that we live, and the strength to do it as well. One early story in the vineyard also illustrates this well. John Wimber, as many of you know, uh, was praying for a woman after the service who had arthritis and problems with her digestive tract. As John began to pray, he had a sense from the Lord that the woman was angry with someone. And when he asked her about it, she definitively said she was not angry with someone. John, listening to the Holy Spirit and the impressions forming in him, asked her if she was angry with her sister. The woman was shocked. How did you know about that? She asked. She went on to share the bitterness that she was holding toward her sister. John prayed with her, encouraged her to forgive her sister. The woman went away and wrote a letter to her sister. And when the letter hit the mailbox, her pain began to subside. Within three days, all the symptoms of her illnesses had disappeared. I mentioned uh, last week that there's powers in stories, uh, there's power in stories of faith that are shared. There's an outpouring of faith when we hear of others experiencing transformation by God's Spirit. Jesus says, truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do. As Spirit-filled believers, we are to do what Christ did and serve come under one another so that we might raise each other up. I thought we could take a minute now just to share some stories of being filled with the Spirit or to be guided by him, walking in step with him to produce fruit. Um, So I'm going to kick kick things off and then I'm going to pass on to a couple of people, Ruth and Chrissy. Um, So my story was actually only a couple of weeks ago. Um, So a few of the leadership team here were going down to Nottingham for the Vineyard Leaders Conference and uh, we were going straight from church. So this was uh, two weeks ago when we were in Dunblane. So it was a bit of a stressful morning, we had to get the car packed up to go straight down to Nottingham for three nights. We've got a baby with us as well, so that just means that you've got like half the house in your boot, you know, it's just absolutely jam-packed. Cooper was going between two different households as well as nursery, so I'd have all his stuff. Ali was on worship, so you know, he'd have to sort out logistics of his guitar and give that to other people. And to top things off, um, Cooper was starting his uh, swimming lessons, uh, ironically here in the school, but we were not here, we were in Dunblane. So it was a bit of an uh, like overwhelming morning just trying to get everything sorted. And uh, the, the other stress was that we didn't know how the swimming lessons were going to go because the last time we tried, he screamed and refused to get in the pool. So we didn't know how it was going to go. Um, so anyway, the swimming lessons went well. I got Cooper changed. We got to Dunblane. And you know that way, I was just feeling, oh, just really disconnected. From, just, you know, I just wasn't connected to the church, to the service, to the worship, anything at all. Feeling a bit overwhelmed. And... Jessie wasn't sleeping, she wasn't napping, so got the carrier out and the zip broke. And during that way, when just something so trivial happens and you just want to cry, and you're just like, I know this is just a zip, but I just, this is it. This is just like, 
I just want to cry. And um, so the zip had completely detached. There was no, like I was zipping it backwards and forwards, backwards and forwards, not completely detached. Gave it to Ali, you know, he's good at fixing stuff. Not totally disconnected from the zip, couldn't get it working at all. And I was just thinking, oh, come on, like I need to take, <clears throat> I need to take this carrier to Nottingham. It's probably the only way that I'm going to be able to transport Jessie around, you know, the conference and get her to sleep, blah, blah, blah. So anyway, feeling a bit sorry for myself, a bit upset. And I just said, um, Jesus, this sounds really trivial, but I need you to supernaturally just heal this zip right now. In Jesus' name, just heal this zip. And I just pulled it and the zip was completely fixed. <laughs> And that's not even the good part. So then we get down to Nottingham and uh, there's a speaker and he was talking about try. You know, you've got to step out, you've got to try, you've got to pray for people. And he said, right, let's do it together. Come on, stand up. If you are physically ill, if you're physically, have some kind of ailment that you know that you could get healed um, and you could, you could test it, you know that you are healed, stand up. So loads of people stood up. And a woman, a couple of rows in front of me, stood up. And he said, right, come on, we're going to pray. We're going to pray. Come on, let's go. Gather around, gather around. And uh, I noticed that nobody had gone forward to this woman. And I thought, oh, no, no, no one's gone forward. Right, OK. Um, I, I get a bit nervous when I'm praying for healing. I don't really feel that confident in it. But then I just thought, or God reminded me, if I can heal a zip, <laughs> I, can, I, I can use you to heal this woman. And I just thought, Do you know what? You're right. If, if you can heal a zip, Lord... I'm going to go, I'm going to pray. So I went over to this woman, and then thankfully this other woman came. So the two of us are praying over this woman, and the speaker's saying, you know, in Jesus' name, we're just praying healing. And so we just start praying, we start praying for this woman, and she keeps, like, doing this, right? I'm like, all right, okay. And so there's a pause in the, in, um, the ministry time, and the speaker says, right, come on, let's hear stories. Who's been healed? And miraculously, people are starting to shout out. There's um, people healed from chronic back pain. There was a woman who had um, respiratory lung condition who could breathe easily, take a full breath for the first time. And people were just calling out. And he's like, that's amazing, that's amazing. Right, let's keep praying, let's keep praying. And so by this point, we had a chat with the woman, what's going on? Double hip replacement, and she never quite gained full mobility. And she had really stiffness and quite uncomfortable kind of stiffness in one hip. So we just said, right, come on, let's pray. So we prayed again, Jesus, we pray boldly, we pray confidently that you're just going to come and you're going to heal this woman. And the whole time she keeps doing this and her leg just keeps getting higher and higher and higher and higher. And then the speaker stops again and he says, right, who's been healed? And she sticks up her hand and me and this other woman are just like, <laughs> and she's like, yeah, I've, I've um, not been able to lift this, this leg um, for years. I've, I've had a double hip replacement and I can lift my, I can lift my hip, I can move it. Um, and I don't have any pain. And just the increase in faith of me just believing that this zip could heal so that I, that I could then go and pray for this woman that she would be healed. You know, there's just such power in that, isn't it? And just the, the pouring out of God's Spirit and Holy Spirit who just came in that moment. So I've got a couple of other volunteers who are just talking about how um, God has just been speaking to them uh, in their lives. So um, Ruth, do you want to come up first? Yeah. I, I always have notes. Um, not as well produced notes as yours, I'm afraid. Um, so I've learned through life that Jesus, there's many twists and turns in your life with Jesus. Because um, a lot of you don't know me, I'll give a short backstory. Um, I became a Christian at 19 uh, through the work of Sterling CU. Um, in my early 20s, I lived in a flat above Murray Place, so like in the centre of Sterling Town. Um, and there's a, I had a really big window looking down onto the street. 
And one morning, I was just worshipping God, playing some songs and stuff. And the song Hosanna, which Hillsong did, came up. And it came up with the line, break my heart for what breaks yours. I said, God, break my heart for what breaks yours. And I tell you, it's quite a dangerous prayer to pray. Um, But anyway, the window was open. And I was looking down the street. And I saw this child in a buggy. And I assume my mum was pushing it. And she was shouting at this kid. And she was like, you're thick. You're stupid. And in that moment, my heart just broke. There's something within me. The spirit just... Um, And it broke for the young people that don't know that God has a perfect plan for them, uh, that don't know that God cares for them. And that moment has just stuck with me closely for a very long time. Um, In my life, I've trusted that God will lead me where he wants me to go. And I followed that lead. But sometimes I've asked God, why? Why from that moment in Murray Place did I not jump into full-time youth work? I don't know. Uh, But however, when we often look back at life, we begin to understand why God takes us on certain journeys. Now, I work for Scripture Union. Uh, I work at Lendrick Muir. Uh, It's one of their outdoor centres. And I love the vision that Scripture Union has to see every child and young person in Scotland explore the Bible and respond to the significance of Jesus. But even in the role that I'm in, I've often asked why. I'm the business manager there, so I don't directly work with the kids. I'm not on the schools team. I'm not on the activities team. And I don't have any official training to do the job I'm doing anyway. So I've often asked, why? Um, But through working for SU, you get the vision drummed into over and over again to see every child and young person in Scotland explore the Bible and respond to the significance of Jesus. So when it came to Hannah, my little Hannah, entering P5, and there was no SU group in her school, I was like, I can't, I can't have that. I've had this vision drummed into me. So I passionately believed that I had to start one. Um, and it went, it was great. Uh, the school was very open to the SU group. The local Church of Scotland were happy to give some volunteers to help. And so we had the go-ahead to start in September. The problem we had was the school required permission slips for the kids to come along. Now, the kids didn't know what SU group was. The parents certainly didn't know what SU was. So when it came to starting the SU group, how many permission slips did I have? One. Whose permission slip was it? Hannah's. Um, So a team of three of us faithfully turned up on the day that we were due to start, and we came to the school. We didn't expect you to come. You've only got Hannah. And just something within me was just totally gutted inside. I felt like a failure. I wanted this to be an opportunity for Hannah to be able to share her faith with her friends. And I felt like I've just shown her that basically, kids, you're on your own. There's no one in the school that knows Jesus, and that's you. But we went up to the classroom, and we set up. um, And as we set up in this classroom, there was one girl still left in the classroom, and I knew her because we walked to and from school with her. She's a lovely wee girl. She's had a really hard start in life. Um, She's in permanent foster care. She's got amazing foster parents. But obviously, there's a lot of history that goes behind that. Anyway, she looked at the three of us, and she looked at me and said, what are you doing here? And I said, I'm going to run this SU group. What's that? Was to learn about a bit about God. Oh, all right. Can I come along? And I thought, yeah, yeah, you can. I knew I didn't have a mission slip, but I was like, come along. Um, so by the end of SU group, we doubled in size. We were now two. Um, and the next week I went to SU group and I was praying, God, this is still like two. Is that girl even going to turn up? And I felt God's spirit speak to me. He spoke Zechariah 4.10. Do not despise these small beginnings, for the Lord rejoices to see the work begin. And I just felt God's like, "Mm, come on, Ruth, I've told you to do this. Uh, And then we turned up, and each week, a few more children came, and a few more children came. And we found a way to get around the permission slips for parents. 
Um, so that was one part of what God was speaking to me at the time. And then in November time, we went, I went on a training course with Andrew about leading SU holidays. Uh, and one of our colleagues was speaking there, Tim, which I know Hannah knows, and he's talking about his new role, Ministry at the Margins. And that's uh, all about reaching the kind of people that are forgotten, those that uh, live in difficult societies, those that are living in poverty and all these sort of things. And he talked about how, you know, one in four children in Scotland lives in poverty, and that's increasing. He talked about what we call ACEs, which are adverse childhood experiences. And he said how, you know, if children, the effects, if children have four or more ACEs in their life, that affects their health, it affects their opportunities, it affects their mental health, it affects so much of their lives. And he talked about a study that uh, four or more ACEs and children were most likely to live in the deprived areas. And he gave this talk to the staff team in a few different times. So I heard this talk a few more times. And again, that same feelings in Murray Place, something inside me just broke. And I was like, it's not right. And then I get, went back to those thoughts of, why am I doing what I'm doing? What's this all about? I can see the need, but I don't feel like in my role that I'm reaching that need. And God spoke to me and said, I've given you that SU group, Ruth. I was like, okay. Um, so I know that the girls' school was in a deprived area. But I looked a bit further into it. Um, and I don't know if you know what SIMD is, but it stands for Scottish Index of Multiple Deprivation. And it has a scale of 1 to 10. And the school that the girls are in is in SIMD 1 and 2. So these kids that are coming to the SU group are from the most deprived areas. Um, I think it's 67% of the kids in that school. They're not from Christian homes. They haven't had any church background. They don't really know what Jesus is except a swear word. Um, and I've just seen how God's worked in that situation. He's brought me where he wants me to be. And it's just amazing. And um, I, it was one week that we were writing down things that we we're thankful for. And one of these girls just wrote, I'm thankful for coming to this group. And I was like, it was just amazing. And then on Tuesday, I've got 15 of them getting on a minibus, coming up to Lendrick Muir for a day. And I'm just so excited um, to pray for it. And that this will be a really great opportunity. Um, but yeah, I challenge you, pray that prayer, break my heart for what breaks jewels. Because I'm sure it will be different for every single one of us. But as we do that, as we trust him, as we follow his spirit, he will lead us to the place where he will fulfill what he wants each of us to do. Okay. That's me. Um, good morning, everybody. I'm Chrissy, and that's a tough act to follow. That's an amazing story. Um, I was torn between two things I wanted to tell you. The first one being. Well, I'll start a little bit like Ruth. Basically, I became a Christian, I think, at 22. And it was such a miraculous sort of event for me, darkness to light. It was such a contrast to how I had been living that um, passion for the broken really became my passion. In my family, I have a darling family member who has struggled with their mental health their whole life. My life, I might get a wee bit upset. So, and with that has come alcohol and drug addictions as a coping mechanism, not because they're a bad person. So I've always seen that intertwined and walked along with this family member. Unfortunately, 
the this chaos that comes with with mental health problems and a heavy toll on family. So I am really the last man standing <laughs> in, that communicates with this family member. And I trained as a mental health nurse, such was my passion, the Lord took me into that. And then I was really passionate about early start of families, so I trained in health visiting. So I have book knowledge and did well there, but then I have the living it out in the hard walk with this family member. And recently, the Lord, we're not long in this church, the Lord had said to go to home group. And I was thinking, I've been to a lot of churches and I'm kind of tired of getting to know new people, <laughs> which isn't very honest. And they're probably tired of getting to know new people too. But I really felt like, okay, I'm going to go. And from that small group, you all know who you are, um, I was able to share some of these difficulties. And, and didn't, I don't feel ashamed of my family member because actually the more you explore other people's families, there's difficulties that are heavy in those families too. So my family member had got in trouble with the police and not entirely their fault, but partially probably their fault. But anyway, I needed to accompany them to a, an official event regarding that. And I remember just being able to cry out to Lord and be like, this feels really heavy and I don't like it. And I could put a call out to the home group and long and the short of it is, on the day a miracle happened. <laughs> they, 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 there was a change of mind in my chaotic family member's mind that just aligned with what I felt the Holy Spirit was doing. But I just knew that the power of prayer in that situation and the Holy Spirit really has used other people in the group to support me to be a vessel for the Lord. And that is what the Lord's desire is, to place us in families. He, he knows the way of people is hard and that people need other people. So I'm still standing both through the Holy Spirit's power and also support me. And what's lovely is one of the group, Haley, is, is 16 and just a whippersnapper like some of my own kids. But what's amazing is you go to this wee home group and you think, what am I going to contribute? But recently Haley said, would you like to be my towel bearer when I'm baptized? And there was something so lovely about that because I'm an old lady. Who wants me to be their towel bearer? My own kids wouldn't want me to be their towel bearer. But, you know, we never know. Iron sharpens iron. Um, and so that, that's my t testimony of God's faithfulness. And, uh, but there was another situation that came to mind. And about, f well, it is five years ago, I had an extremely difficult work situation. And I felt the Lord was giving me a message to share. Obviously, I wasn't going to go to the boss with that. But, you know, I had um, to... to explain what was going on on ground level and how it, I felt it was it was dangerous and I was to come with this message and it was such a clear message that the Lord gave me to and I was really shocked because I gave the message and things did not go well <laughs> and um, but lo and behold it's five years later now and that message 
I've not, I was the first of many to give it. And then that message, I had kept a really good journal of, of the situations, what I was concerned about. And that's going to be used as the first piece of evidence in a significant investigation to prove out, improve outcomes for people. So the, you may have a confusion like, I thought I heard the Lord doing something, but there's seed, there's time, and then there's harvest. Sometimes we just want the seed time and harvest all in the very quick. But that's not the way. So the Holy Spirit, just because he asks you to do something, you might not see the fruit immediately. But uh, yeah, so... That was pleasing to me. And anyway, that is the end of my story. Please, please pray for my lovely family member that I don't crack up because sometimes I do have to go into the bathroom and take deep breaths. Okay. Amazing. Thank you so much to Ruth and Chrissy who shared. Um, so I'm just aware of time, but I just want to wrap up by finishing, um, by looking at the evidence of what it is to be filled by the Spirit. Um, and you can see this in the final few verses of today's passage. Um, I think it's going to come up on the screen. If you are filled with the Holy Spirit, three things will result. You're going to love worship. You're going to find yourself saying thank you to God a lot. And you'll practice mutual submission with each other. I love what Hannah said a few weeks ago. Um, I think it's on the next slide there. It's in an atmosphere of worship that we welcome the Holy Spirit to come and speak to our hearts and in our lives. Singing to God, worshipping him, is not only one of the best ways to express to God how much we love him, but expressing and communicating with God and each other the joy of our salvation. And the Vineyard Church has, from the very outset of its ministry, made worship the highest priority, believing that it's God's desire that we become first worshippers of God. Secondly, if you're filled with the Spirit, you're going to find yourself saying thank you to God a lot. It's a discipline. Uh, and I think Hannah said this this morning as well, the attitude of gratitude. We must be in sync or something. It's the Holy Spirit. Um, you've got to work on it. Uh, and if you don't know where to start, start with the Gospels. If we're not aware of God's mercy to us, if we're not constantly aware of his love towards us, or if we're lacking in spiritual dis discernment, we must still be thinking about giving thanks to God for all things and not just some things. The psalmist says, give thanks to the Lord for he is good. His love endures forever. And finally, if you're filled with the Spirit, you'll practice mutual submission with each other. A person who's filled with God's Spirit is careful with their attitude towards people as well as their attitude towards God. Jesus said that the two greatest commandments were love God, love people. In Ephesians uh, 5 verses 1 to 2, imitate God in everything you do because you are his dear children. Live a life filled with love following the example of Christ. He loved us and offered himself as a sacrifice, pleasing, a pleasing aroma to God. So we're to live in love as Christ love us, loves us and gave his life for us. And as spirit-filled believers, we're to do what Christ did and serve. Come under one another so that we might raise each other up. And as mentioned earlier, we're, we here in the vineyard, we want to be people of the presence of God. We want our lives as Christians built on the Holy Spirit, just guiding us in life and in ministry. Paul reminds the church that the coming of the Spirit is the coming of God's presence to his people. To live in the Spirit is to live aware of God's presence at all times, in all places. Why don't we just stand together?
here at Sterling Vineyard, um, we often carve out a time at the end just for ministry together. It's just a time um, for us just to come before God. And if there's anything that we feel that God is speaking to us about, um, just to, to, to give that to him just now. And so we ask Holy Spirit just to come. We pray, Father, that you would just be um, speaking to us today and in this week and in our lives, Lord. As Ruth said, break our hearts for what breaks yours, Lord. What do you want us to, to be called into? What are you encouraging us to step out in faith for, Lord? Yeah, Heavenly Father, and I just, I pray that question over us today, Lord. We thank you that we have access to all of your spirit, Lord, and we just pray, Lord, do we, do we give everything to you, Lord? Does your spirit have all of us? Thanks for listening to the Stirling Vineyard Sunday podcast. If you want to get in touch with us, please visit our website at stirlingvineyard.co.uk or find us on social media at Stirling Vineyard Church.